Hi, I'm JKJ. Just dropped that EST91 on our platforms, and you're watching Dingo Talk. You wanna know by now? You wanna know by now? You wanna know by now? You wanna know? You wanna know? What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest, JKJ, out of Pittsburgh, just dropped the EST91. Can be found on all platforms. JKJ, thank you for joining us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So very, very close ties to the uh, Pittsburgh community. Uh, we're going to jump right into it. Your senior year, you're at Sarah Catholic. Um, mm-hmm. You played football there. Kind of walk us through, were you involved in music then? Yeah, so um, what actually occurred, I, I went to McKeesport my, my whole life for real. And then uh, junior year, I transferred to Sarah right after they had went to the state championships, like a semester after I was sick. <laughs> but I ended up um, getting up there and I had been making music since probably about seventh grade. So like I had took a little break because I was going to Sarah and I was like, ain't nobody going, you know, be rabbit me like back in eight now talking about he went to private school. So <laughs> it was, uh, I had uh, chilled out for him just to focus on school and trying to get to college and all that. So then when you get through your senior year, what, because you end up going to Seton Hill for, for a couple of years, what made that yeah. decision? Why was it Seton Hill? Because there's a lot of schools, college-wise, in that area that, where you are. Yeah, like, um, well, really with Seton Hill, what it was, was um, I was going to Sarah, like I said, and Seton Hill gave you, like, a little um, scholarship or something, like, if you went to a Catholic high school. So I was like, okay, plus I wanted to play football and they had just started their program maybe a couple of years before I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I could walk on if I want to up there and try to still continue to play and all that. So I ended up going up to Greensburg. Now, what was, what was your college experience like? Would you go to, would you go to school for, what were you going to study? Um, and did you end up trying to walk on? Um, well, so I went up there for sports management because, like, I have a strong love for football and sports in general. Um, I didn't end up uh, finishing. I was there for three years, and I had walked on to the football team. Um, I didn't play first semester because uh, I wanted to see how college went first. And then I joined in the spring, and I worked out, but I never got clear with my physical. So mm-hmm. I helped out with the team for probably about – Almost a year, um, well, not even a year, I'll say, in the, into the fall. Uh, but after that, I was, like, so full focused on my music, it was like, all right, I'm over all that. And is that, does the music play into why you kind of walked away from school? It just was time that you are, you you figure out this is what I want to do? And uh, Partially, I mean, like, with me, I've, I was always an honor student. I mean, like, always into academic. So once I got to school and it really wasn't, what I thought it was going to be. Um, I found that I was more passionate about the music and like, I felt like I could do a little more with that. So it definitely played a part in me leaving, but you know what I'm saying? it wasn't like the main part for it. So you, you walk away from college. You're, you're now going to do the, the music full time. What mm-hmm. was your, what was your first step out of, after walking away when do you link up with Palermo and, and, and the Rare Nation guys? How do we get to that point? Um, well, I actually met Palermo during my college days. Um, so the funny thing is, me and Palermo, we're from the same city, from Keysport, PA, I'm saying. We're both from the same projects, Proper Village. 
So I probably played with bro when I was younger, but you I mean you know, growing up you forget faces and all that. And he had moved away to Breda. So I ended up moving, I mean I ended up um, meeting him again probably <laughs> in uh when I was in college, my sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was sophomore year because um, uh, I, we had a mutual friend who was my roommate at the time, and he was like, "My boy raps, you should do a song with him since you just starting up." And uh, Palermo came up to the dorm. We was in uh, Deshaun Hall up there in Seton Hill, and uh, came in there, and he um, he was supposed to just do a verse for me. We was just on like doing a feature, and he heard me, and he was like, "I think you got something here." And like from then on, he just was always around and this is way before he started rare mm-hmm. uh, way before any of that and then um when he ended up starting rare he had always told me like hey because i was with another squad um wonder hits shout out to the wonder hits you know what i mean uh i was with them at the time and he was like yeah man i know you would a team but if you ever decide to leave them you know there's always a home for you at rare and it was like i do you know who actually convinced me in the uh to join rare his ads. Yes, sir. RP my boy ads. Yeah. Uh, that's the one who convinced me because we used to just have talks on his porch stuff and all that, bro. And he would be like, Man, he said, bro, he was like, You're like one of my favorite, like not even like to lie, but like you're one of my favorites, bro. And I just feel like if you would join with the squad, we'd be like so much harder all together. Like and we used to have them talks tons of times. And then finally I was just like, Fuck it, I'm down with the squad. Well, so how do you end up, is ads only, do you only meet ads through Rare or did you guys kind of come across each other and have a, and, and, and what, um, I got another question to follow, but so you guys met through Rare. Yeah, I met ads up at um, the house in Mount Washington on Roof Street. And this is before days, like I said, this is still before Rare days, all of that. And um, he was just up there. He was at the, uh, I think I met him the day we did the Top of the World video shoot. Okay. And he um, Tip was telling me about him. He's like, this kid's hard. He's like, he can, he can flow with the double time flow real crazy. He was like, bro, just like, he said he's serious. He walked all the way up here from down at Point Park, up to the mountain to come kick in. So, and me and Ed's just like, we just clicked right off top. So, that was always bad for real. So, Let's talk more about the the what's the day to day life like for you on when when you're at that point when you're starting up and you're you're because you you had already done music you just kind of put it on the back burner for a little bit what is mm-hmm. it like in that grind? Man, it's really like see with me my my work ethic is a little different so like I just want to create create create. So, like, I used to have problems being in groups and stuff because, like, not everybody works as fast. Not everybody's, like, as dedicated or whatever it may be. So, I used to go, bro, like, when I was in college, I used to go wake my man TJ up. Shout out to my man T. Groove. That was, like, my first real, like, little engineer. And I used to go wake him up out of his dorm. You could ask it. Like, his roommates used to be like, damn, bro, he's at the door again. And I'd be coming in there, knocking – Turning the lights on, like, bro, we got to work. We got to work. So every day for it, I was just in there, like, trying to write, trying to create songs, trying to get other people who might have a little interest in music to do something so that I ain't alone in it and all that. So, like, it was just a lot of self-grinding and working. And, like, it's funny because, like, from those days 
back in college, us not knowing at the time, like we helped get so many other people started in their love for music and actually starting to like pursue themselves as an artist and all that. But like, it's wild to see the impact now. Well, and is that, does that go into being a musician? Is that if you can pass that love to music on to someone else in any way, it might be just that they're a fan. They might be somebody that wants to get in. Is that kind of in the, obviously the goal is to, is to be successful with music, but it's also mm-hmm. to get a message across if I'm not right. I mean, that's what, that's the whole point is you're, you're telling your story. That's always what it's been about for me, man. Cause like, I've always, like, me being a listener first, I was always <clears throat> interested in the artists who could make me feel something and make me, like, interested in wanting to know their backstory or wanting to know deeper things behind this or, you know I mean, make me think a little bit, anything like that. So, like, I feel like music's such a powerful thing that you, like, I don't know, it's like, it's like a crazy gift to share with other people. And, like, when you get a chance to, it really is something special. So fast forward to now rare is a thing rare has, mm-hmm. has, has made its move. And, and I, I kind of want to ask early on here, what's the competitiveness like in the Pittsburgh hip hop scene and rap scene? Because there's a lot of artists. There's a lot yeah. of really good underground artists. There's a lot of artists that are, are starting to make noise what's that what's that chemistry like with everybody else going around um see with the pittsburgh hip-hop scene in some areas it's together in some areas it's not and there's a lot of separation okay so like we have a lot of things like especially back in those couple those days it was more so like the how do i want to say it the um like the boom bap crowd like bd be white all of them mm-hmm. so like those were the ones that were huge around like the time that i was coming into it. but then it was transitioning into all of the street rap and you know like uh, gang rap and all kind of stuff like that so it kind of separated the scene a little bit because it was like you know the street rap feel too cool to be hanging around with the boom bap and the boom bappers may not feel safe being around all the street rappers and things of that nature so stuff was so separated and I'm like it's crazy because now like the street rap is kind of taking over like tenfold mm-hmm. so like it's the boom bappers who are kind of the outcasts and all that now but like I never really considered myself in either of those like I always just felt like I just made the music that came to me and I don't try to like sit in one crowd because then you kind of put yourself into a box and that's what a lot of people I feel like end up doing. Um, and like, as far as like artists working together, like I feel like at times we haven't had a lot of issues working with the get. Like, I feel like I've worked with a lot of, and been around just even just in sessions with people, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But I, I do see it where some artists who get to maybe a certain stature or level in the city, it may sometimes come off as they like, don't work with anybody or they're real like uppity about who they work with yeah some people but like i don't know i feel like that just comes with it um so you know we're gonna roll into your your connection down here in in the in a little corner in brook county west virginia you guys all (laughs) came down you did a show a couple you you came down a couple times did one show down Uh here 
Um, can we talk about what went into that and, and what your experience was like? What did you feel like about being here in the, in the, in the corner of the woods? Man, we had fun. I think Bethany was some of our most fun shows for real. Like, we had fun at the time. I had a couple friends from home who was going to school down there, like my boy Moody and BL and all them. So, yeah, I mean, it was fun. It was fun for us coming down. Like, I feel like that one show, the one that we actually did, we actually came down there a couple times. But I want to say the last time we were down there, I wasn't performing. It was for AF Rome's show when he opened with MGK. Um, but the time before that, when we all performed, first of all, I was drunk as hell. Because <laughs> we were like, we used to watch, go back and watch film stuff. Like, I mean, a film from their shows, like it was game tape. Yeah. And man, there's, there's a clip where I was about to trip over the little mic wire and everything. I was twisted. But Bethany showed us a good time. Man. <laughs> we had a well, good time. Like, I liked it. And you bring up the fact that not only did you, you guys came down and performed, but the as a, as the group, when Rome opened for uh, MGK, I mean that was huge on a as a group level because you guys were there for him, but you're he's also yeah. part of the group. Yeah, and that was like his first first show for us. It was crazy, like just getting even to see that. Like we got kind of like. I mean, we weren't the main act, so we didn't get the main act treatment. But we got, like, you know, a little, little bit of VIP treatment. We had a little backstage, and, you know, they treated us well. We went back to the frat house and all that. So it was a good time. Well, so we've come to that point. I'm going to take a break right here. We'll send it to another place in Chamber or in Bethany, Chambers General Store, uh, Harry Chambers. You can get a shirt there. It says if Chambers doesn't have it, you don't need it. It's factual. You can get a a breakfast sandwich and then you can get a hammer for whatever your project is for that day. Um, and he's never had a toilet paper shortage. This guy's got the individual wrap like toilet papers that you can go and get. So um, everything that you can think of, they got daily lunch special soups. Uh, first Friday of every month is fish and it, it's an old time general store. So if you're ever in Bethany, make sure you stop down there. Uh, but I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is JKJ. Uh, you're watching and listening to Dingo Talk, and we'll be right back. You're watching another exciting episode of Dingo Talk, recorded deep in a hidden lair in Bethany, West Virginia. Or when you visit, make sure you stop by Chambers General Store. Grab one of our hot breakfast sandwiches made fresh all day. Don't forget the biscuits and gravy or one of the daily lunch specials. And if none of that trips your trigger, cold cut sub sandwiches and wraps made fresh all day to your order. Hey, and don't be the only alumni on the block that doesn't have the Chambers. If you, we don't have it, you don't need it t-shirt or the latest edition of the Bethany West Virginia shroom capital of the world in the psychedelic green hey now back to you carlo what's going on chuckleheads i am carlo guadagnino this is dingo talk my guest jkj again his album est 91 just dropped on all platforms make sure you get to it right now um jordan if i can call you that i know we jkj but i'm a i'm a <laughs> jordan yeah, we go back 
<laughs> let's talk about so there are some there are some big names that have made it out of the city of Pittsburgh in the industry. Um, what has your interactions been with you know Wiz Mac, um, G Arbo? Were there any anything there? Um, so really, like I got to be around Wiz a couple times. Uh, fortunately, um, his bodyguard actually was at the Nipsey Hustle show that me and Palermo opened for. And it was funny because I'm, I'm coming off stage and as I'm like reading my uh, tweets and all that, I see the tweet that was like, JKJ from the keyboard is or <clears throat> So somebody screenshotted it and sent it to me as I'm reading it. And they're like, yo, where's the bodyguard just tweeted this? As I'm reading it, bro, I look up and there's this big dude in front of me and I'm like, oh, he's like, you JKJ? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and, end up being Big Breeze with Bodyguard. And he was like, you know what I mean? I, I fuck with your performance. I like that. So, like, he ended up standing in contact, came out, met me for a CD and everything. And um, he just used to throw little opportunities. Like, whenever uh, whenever Wiz came to shoot the Still Down video in Hazelwood, Breeze texted me and was like, hey, bro, meet me in Hazelwood. Come out there for this video shoot. So I ended up being in that. And then... um. Mac with the Mac situation, my first show I ever did, I opened for Mac out in Uniontown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were backstage with them. I met them, but I had met him previously because Palermo used to be his hype man before, like as he was blowing up. <clears throat> and um, he ended up taking me to the Knock Knock video shoot, so I was in that as well. So like I had been on like MTV and BTJs without like without it even being my videos, just like and it's quick little clips. If you ever if you ever get a chance, I mean I'm noticeable, but not crazy noticeable but um but it was just cool cool little experiences like that like i've been in the studio whenever at at the old id labs when mac was playing like unreleased joints and all that and so i got a chance to be around some people who had already like really had success with it not like the closest but like i mean it, it, it it helped for the experience and they, it seems from, from that, that, con- that right there, that they are more there. They looked for that. Like they're, they're going to mm-hmm. give you that help, like for the videos and stuff. If you're around, they'll put you in the video. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like that the, the ego got ridiculously large. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like they used to, they, they, they were good at like calling, trying to give boys at least opportunity to be seen. You know what I'm saying? And it's funny from doing that little stuff, like people be like, you was in the Mac video. When are you gonna do a song with Mac? And I used to try to explain to people, just because I was in it, don't mean I'm about to do no kind of music. It was just the opportunity to be there. You know what I'm saying to be around, because you got to be in rooms like that, like the network and the you know, mm-hmm. crowd. So, you've also been. I mean, obviously, you're 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 located in McKeesport, mm-hmm. but you've you've done a little traveling here in the last couple of years. I mean, COVID kind of threw a wrench into the traveling aspect of it you spent some time in cali you spent some time in other places what were those experiences like man listen i i go to cali every year like i started going probably about four or five years ago um i mean i go every year usually around my birthday but just just to go out there get um catch a vibe you mean go to the studio just get the get a little different experience than just being here in Drury, Pittsburgh. So, mm-hmm. um, but every time I go out there, like it's a better experience. Like I love it out there. I get to go to the different studios, walk down Hollywood Boulevard, smoking my J unbothered. You know what I mean things like that. So it's it's always a good time. Like I haven't been there. We um we opened for Riff Rap in Indiana, Indianapolis. Yeah, 
Indianapolis, that was a crazy time. I mean, I performed in Orlando and all kinds of different places. So, like, it's been a crazy experience. Like, we did a um, little mini tour. Mm -hmm. um, we performed out in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't know if you remember the band, um, that Making the Band series Diddy did. They had the band. Um, I met Ines out there. Ines, like, Trey gave me his number and was talking to me, telling me I was bored and all that. So, I mean, it's taken me a lot of places for real, for real. So what – take us through prep for a show. What's a day – like, you're going on that night. What What's a day like for you? Well, for me, um, before a show normally, uh, I'm usually just – just about getting into my comfort zone. Like, I mean, I get my little medication on, my smoke, and then uh, – and then maybe have a shot or two, but I'm kind of coming out of that a little bit more. So just getting my mind right instead. It really just it's it's almost like pregame for a football game. You know I mean like if you're an ex athlete, you kind of understand just like getting your headphones on, getting in the right mind state, playing the right music, getting yourself together and prepared for like to play your game to give to give a good show. Like I've always been big on live shows. Like, if anybody who's gotten a chance to see me, normally they'll tell you, like, I'm a great live performer. So, like, that's always been something I focused on because it's all about energy. Like, I used to joke, like, oh, I'm a big dude. I won't be jumping around and all that when I perform. I'd be jumping around and moving around and getting all kind of stuff going just because, like, it's about giving people the experience, you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. above just, like, them hearing you and all that. They, like, if you, get, if you can make people feel you, then you got them. So, I mean, that's always what I try to do with it. So, and maybe this might be controversial, but so who does JKJ listen to? For me, um, I listen to a lot of Wayne, um, Big Crit, um, let me see, 50 Cent, DMX and Eminem are my top two favorites. Um, and then, like, I'm really not one of them older people who's, like, I hate all younger music. So, like, I found younger artists that I like and all that. So, like, I listen to Young Boy. I understand why people like certain stuff. So, like, I listen to Young Boy. Like, I listen to um, ESTG, G Herbo. I like a lot. Like, a lot of stuff. Like, I have a vast array for real. But, like, I really predominantly just listen to rap. I'm not, like, huge on other – like, I like other music. But, like, my mode 90% of the time is rap music. So that's pretty much all I'm listening to. And I really listen to a lot of local music more than anything. Now, what goes into – so you, you sit down and you, you're, you're going you're gonna to put together the album, right? Yeah. What went into the song selections, the, the order? Is there, is there a way that the order goes that, that's specific? Like, does it – how do you yeah. go about that process? See, for me, so what I've done, because before, like I said, with me putting out so much music, used to just be like, record a whole bunch, I'm tired of this, throw it out. Um, but I've always taken pride in how I structure my project. So, like, for me, a lot of it comes down to, number one, does this song, um, does this song topic kind of make sense going after this? Or, like, it'll be, I listen to the beginning and the end of the beats to see how much this kind of flows into that and if it goes well into that mm -hmm. because like you don't want like 17 love songs and then a banger and then like some depressed shit and then all the rest of the bangers at the end like you really gotta like 
properly map it out. So I, I usually kind of put a lot of thought process into that when it comes to like track listing. And and how long of a process is it for you? Because you do put out a lot of music. When when does a project start, and when does like is there is there a timeline, or is it when you feel that this is it? This is what I this is the way I want it to be, and that's when it goes. Is there is there a mental clock and a and a day on the calendar? Um, not really a day on the calendar. Um, what I normally will do is once I feel like like if I have 15, 16 songs recorded and I'm like, all right, if I don't start trying to plan a project, then this project's going to be 30 songs long. I need to go ahead and cut myself down. So like, I'll do that. Or like, um, occasionally, like I'll have like an idea where I want to do 10, 12 tracks and I might be on track eight. And if I'm over 50% done with it, then I'll be like, all right, well, I can pick kind of a date now. That way I put some pressure on myself to make sure I get the stuff done that I want done before when it's time to put it out. And how long, I guess we're working backwards in this process as these questions come, but so how long does it normally take you from uh, like the idea of the song to actually recording the songs? Um, really all depends on when I can get in the studio because like I mean sometimes I'll get a pack of beats and I'll sit here and for a night I'll just write four five six songs um, and then sometimes it's like hey we're in the studio and uh, here's this beat and what are you gonna do with it now I got two hours of a session I know I don't want to spend two hours on the song so I go straight into working mode usually takes me about I say for a whole song 20 minutes to half an hour for me Okay. And then, and then getting it recorded and all that, probably another half an hour, 45 minutes while they mix and match everything. So for somebody that's coming up, you know, you got, you got a young kid, maybe, maybe a senior in high school, might be younger than that, might be older than that. Somebody that's trying to get into the industry. Does it just have to be music or are there so many other avenues for people to get in? Uh, there's a ton of different avenues. Like, I wish everybody didn't want to be a rapper because we need people to do other stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you need graphic designers. You need cameramen, video people. You need business savvy people who just want to run the business. Um, and that's really the, probably the hardest thing for me as an artist that it's been is, like, trying to find some people who are, like, dedicated and really, like, want to work and don't want to be the spotlight people like everybody wants to be the star but it's really about the people behind the star to make it move so like i mean if anything i'd tell people go be go learn the business and be a manager and or this and that so that, that way like you can be the team to help push that artist because there's a ton of talented artists out here who just don't have the help yeah. i mean and if they if they had the help of all the people who say they want to see you make it if instead of them just saying they want to see you make it, they started trying to play a vital part in that, things would move a lot quicker. So let's talk about EST91. How does that project come about? Um, so that came about me. I just started um, really recording last year, and I, I decided instead of – I put a project out early last year, and I said instead of me rushing to put another project out, I'm just going to take all year, record these songs, go over them, figure out what I like and don't like, and really just put some time into the process. So I did, and then um, the name actually came probably 
I want to say two weeks before the project drops. So like I didn't have like a name, and it's funny because I come up with all of my project names while smoking on the porch, on some porch. Doesn't matter if it's my porch, friend's porch, or somebody's porch. I come up with is funny as hell. But I ended up um, getting a couple gems together, and then the last couple gems, um, like goat. Um, that one is kind of special for me, um, as well as I say, um, go live because those kind of actually have crazy like family backstories to it. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody on Goat is actually family. We all related on that joint, so it was wild. And we're all like different top, considered top tier artists from our area in different age brackets. So it was something really cool to do from like my section of the city and all that yeah and then with with uh with go live that's actually like my little brother on there so like i've been trying to encourage him like more and more he's been on a couple of different people's projects but like he hasn't put his own out and i'm really trying to get him in the mode because he's hard like his verse on there is crazy like all of that so this project i actually got to do a lot more personal stuff on um just connection wise and all that so what's next for jordan what's when can where are we going to be seeing you where are we what's what is there another project already in the works not to i don't want to rush you but i know that there's i guarantee you there's already an album ready to go it's just not ready to go so what's next for jordan (laughs) yeah man i actually was texting uh, my my producer earlier today we about to start planning and plotting for the next one while we're pushing this one so never not working man but um really just trying to push this tape to where i can get it to go the furthest um trying to get the visuals and stuff shot like um i dropped a uh dragon ball z themed video earlier this year uh or no last year rather um and it's called do better it's on youtube and all that so we're just trying to get creative and fun and you know, i mean step out of the box a little bit get the visuals up um trying to get more merch out there. You know, I did the JKJ hoodies and t-shirts and all that. So we're trying to get some of those back out there and really just trying to, you know I mean, push it, get the grind going. Like I've, um, it's funny because my biggest fan base has always been outside of here. So like I have a lot of like international like fan bases and in other cities and states that I haven't been to in the U.S. So like I'm really just trying to, figure out the areas I'm hitting the hardest and go and touch the people, you know what I mean? Meet the people, get different stuff going, sit with as many people as I can, just get it to as many ears as possible. Which is the ultimate goal. And that's why we had you on. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to, to sit down with us and talk. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, man. Absolutely. I am Carla Guadagnino, JKJ, EST91 on all, on all platforms. You can also find Dingo Talk now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You can get us on Twitter. It's Dingo underscore, or Dingo Talk. Instagram is Dingo underscore talk. Uh, we're on TikTok. It's Dingo Talk. Um, but we're here every Thursday. Jordan, JKJ from Pittsburgh. EST 91. Uh, This has been Dingo Talk. I am Carla Guadalino. You guys have a nice day. Yes, sir. Appreciate you.